1: Come on. Come on, son. Ed Lover's back, and this is the Ed Lover podcast. We call this. Oh, I can curse. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. <laughs> that voice like y'all hearing right there, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, is 27-year-old Nick Grant making his mark on hip hop <laughs> majorly? Like, man, like seriously, like, how does it? First of all, where you from,
2: bro? I'm from a small town, very remote city called Walterboro, South Carolina. It's right outside of Charleston, Columbia. Okay. You know, very small city. Not a lot of opportunity, but, you know.
1: How did you get bit by hip-hop? Like, hip-hop bites everybody in different manner.
2: Um, for me, it was like, you know, indirectly I just gravitated towards, like, you know, um, Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye. It was that initially, you know, via my mother playing this stuff around the house, cleaning up. Um, you know, my brother, who's like a decade older than me, was playing Nas, Biggie, Tupac. All this, all this di- very diverse groups of music being played in my house, and you know, nobody really sat me down. So it was like stuff that I just like and grew up just hearing on a day to day basis. So just being played around my house, and I just loved it.
1: When did you first start rhyming? Um. The first time I ever started
2: rhyming was like, I'm going to say the first time I really loved rhyming, really fell in love with rap, was my my very first time hearing Big Papa, you know, song by Notorious B.I.G. off the okay. Ready Die album. So seeing that video and that visual with the record.
1: The the original or, or the remake? The original.
2: Okay. Yeah, so seeing the video with that um, was like the most amazing thing I ever... I ever saw in my life. So from there, I was like writing rappers that I really loved and admire, taking their names out of their verses and their raps and putting my name in the place of that, rapping that and just getting comfortable with that. But I didn't really start writing my own raps and getting to the technical part until I was what, 13, 12, 13? Okay. Just via a bet. My friends just in the neighborhood, we would go down there. Well, I would go down there specifically just to laugh at them. Like you guys are never going to be rappers. (laughs) So (laughs) So they said, yo, you think you can do better? I went home, wrote a rap. Little did I know, I surprised myself like, just going home, writing this rhyme, coming back, and they loved it, and they thought it was so dope that they thought I stole it, and that flattered me. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's like, yo, which rapper aren't we up on that you stole this rap from? So, right. You
1: know, from there, I just was like, oh, I need to take this serious. What was a What was the turning point for you as an artist? Like, you, did you put out mixtapes and stuff?
2: Yeah, I definitely did. I put out mixtapes until I was discovered by, uh, you know, my, my current manager, Jason Jeter and Shaka Zulu. Okay, so, you know, being discovered by them, and they, that,
1: thats a hell of a discovery. Yeah, absolutely. You talking about dudes that's behind Ti? You talking about dudes that was, that was behind Ludacris?
2: Absolutely. You know,
1: guys that have made a quite an imprint sure. on hip hop, like for the rest of their careers. Yeah.
2: Uh, I feel like I deserve it because I, <laughs> I went through so much just to even be in front of those guys. So the story behind even having them is like, all right, I I feel like I deserve that to have this much of a team just because of so much I've been through, just bad record deals and, you know, open mics and certain situations not going my way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to roll up pennies to eat, sleep in my basement, write rhymes that nobody in the world could hear. So, right. you know, I I don't take it for granted today, especially those two guys, man. You know, like you said, you know, they had so much success and You know, they still wake up and chase it like it's day one, so don't take it for granted.
1: Absolutely. How did you get in front of them?
2: Oh, man, my brother. (laughs) So my brother took this this mixtape to work, um, ran into a guy who was actually Jason's friend, Mm -hmm. Played it for Jasons. I met him separately. I met Jason and Shaka separately. Played it for Jason. He called me one night. For whatever reason, the universe didn't allow us to work. We were still following each other on social media. And I would say like the most outlandish things on social media, like I'm better than whoever you feel like is the greatest rapper ever. (laughs) So so Jason hit me up and was like, I want to hear this music that you say is the greatest hip hop music ever. So went and played it for him at his house, played him some records and he loved it. He was like, yo, this music is actually really good. And that would turn out to be the 88 Project. But I met Shaka via my... My friend Justin, Um he was like, you just should, should meet with him. At that point, I was like, ah, I'm already met with Jason. Right. Met with Shaka was like, yo, he's a real good dude as well. So. You know, little did I know they had a company together oh, already. Wow. So it was like God just, yeah. you know, working things out. God
1: aligned it. But that's Absolutely. that's some shit for somebody to say at 27 years old on yeah. social media. <laughs> I'm better than anybody. Anybody. That anybody. you consider great. Yeah. So you're talking out. like Hove and Nas and yeah, Pac you know? and 3000 <laughs> and Jada Kids and Fab and, sure. and, and so many artists. That's anybody. a big statement to make.
2: Yeah. It was a little risky, but it worked out. Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely worked, it worked out for you.
1: Out. How do you feel, man, when you get you're getting comparisons already at twenty-seven to Nas? <sighs> Man, so if you're getting comparisons to Nas at 27, that means the comparisons are coming from Rakim because Rakim is I consider Nas is the first Nas, right? The first Nas, <laughs> yeah, you know the first what I mean? Nas, exactly. Right.
2: Um, man, you know these are guys that like it's priceless, man. These are guys that like created the soundtrack to my life at one point with Illmatic and it was written. And you know I remember like vividly being in my grandmother's living room and my cousin was excited about the "It Was Written" album coming into the living room and playing "Take It In Blood." by Nas, and we sat there, and it was it was nothing to do. We barely went outside, so we we stayed in the house and just learned hip hop records. So I remember learning that record, so for me to be here and have a conversation with you when people talking about I'm the new Nas, or I'm this and I'm that, that's like, man, you can't pay for that, and you know, I'm blessed, but I'm still me at the end of the day. I just, uh, me, I, I just want my name. Radio
1: me. One had a, a thing called The Blitz. Mm-hmm in the city and that's when I met you there with yeah, Jason yeah. and Shaka Zulu. Sure. And I had an opportunity to see you perform Man. and once you got off the stage, I said to myself, hip hop is OK. Wow. Like, we going to be OK. Yeah. You know, like for a young dude, I was like, wow. For sure. We going to be OK. And wow. there's, there's not many artists that made me say that.
2: Man, thank you for You that. know,
1: the way music is going nowadays with everybody following the same pattern. Your album comes out 13th. the yeah. third. Oh, wow. Tonight Friday the well. 13th. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. But it comes out Friday, January 13th, the return yeah. of Cool. When did Cool return leave?
2: Cool. Man, when everybody started following the trends and talking about the same thing when it became more about substance abuse than actually having substance in your music. Mm. That's when it became, you know, that's when the cool left.
1: What inspired the project for you?
2: Oh, uh, man, I used the term the cool to describe what I feel like hip-hop should be present day based on the people that I grew up listening to in the past, whether it was Nas, Andre 3000, Jay-Z, Scarface, um, even the No Limit era, like Missy Elliott, Timberland, all of these great people that I was inspired by. And, you know, for me, that was, that, that, that triggered, you know, what is now the Return of the Cool Project.
1: If somebody asks you what makes Nick Grant different than everything else, what would you um, say?
2: I would say I'm the rebel for, you know, hip-hop. When, from when hip-hop was hip-hop, if you had somebody coming out doing what, you know, these guys are doing now, they would be considered an outcast or a rebel or he ain't hip-hop. But they might people may look at me like that because I'm really living by what it really is. But when you look outside of me, it's not too many people doing that. You know, Uh as far as like the new guys, there's not too many of us. So I would say that makes me different. I'm sticking to the principles of what hip hop really is.
1: So out of the new guys, who do you respect? Man, Kendrick Lamar.
2: J. Cole. I respect, I respect and listen to everybody. You know, I respect people as people first, but... But you um, still
1: think you're better than them, though. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you said that, man, because I, I heard uh, Floyd Mayweather say that on First Take. What's that? He's like, no disrespect to any other boxer that's ever did it, but I think I'm the best, and yeah. if I don't think I'm the best, then who what am I, I in here for? And I recently exactly. saw something that Jay-Z, an interview that Jay-Z did, and Jay-Z was like, I didn't get in this shit to be second. Exactly. I got exactly. in it to be first. So uh, you have the right attitude. Man, and if you. Man. you don't think that you're number one, Yeah. You can't come in and go, well, I think I'm all right. No, motherfucker, sure, I'm exactly. better. That's coast. how I feel behind the mic. Absolutely. There ain't no fucking body better than fucking me. with you, exactly. Nobody. You have to feel I that I don't a fuck who they are. Yeah. They haven't even done half the shit I've done already, yeah, yeah. you know, in my career. So fuck that. Don't yeah, come man. tell me about this person, that person, and this person because I done did this shit For already.
2: For sure, exactly.
1: And I'm continuing to grow and explore. How are you different than your last project?
2: How am I different from my last project? Just growth and the different experiences and being out on the road. Like, I tell you, like, we went on the road like two different times just even playing this project and we went on the road with Dave East the first time like around this time last year Um, yeah just went on the road with him and I, I went to cities that I, different, that, that I didn't see I like see. him too I like Dave East yeah 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 he's dope. you know
1: I'm telling to come fuck with me <laughs> I like Dave East <laughs> For sure. I like
2: him um, so yeah just I put out a project prior to like going on the road with him you know and it had it, it gave people time to like listen to that and you know learn the words and learn the music but me being being that that was my first time being on the road Um, I remember going to San Francisco In Seattle places that I had never been and people knowing these songs like word for word it was like yo being in the crowd like yo perform this record, perform this, do this song like that line was crazy and I'm like so far from home and that's like that makes me different as an artist. That's got that I mean, to be surreal. That has to be like,
1: surreal for you.
2: That's like crazy. That's like better than money for me. Yeah, you know I, mean? I
1: had a surreal yeah. moment like that in 1989. Wow! And we did our first gig, and it was at Joe Louis Arena, and NWA was on the bill. If you saw Straight Out of Compton, yeah, that was the scene when they all ran off the stage. But what right. really happened was cops threw M80s and firecrackers on the stage, and they wow. thought somebody was shooting at them. Dre and I hosted that concert, and I had never been. On the road, let alone to Detroit before. And I was so afraid, I was like, nobody's gonna know who we are. Wow. And here we are, in Joe Lou Serena hosted this show. And the guy goes, Ladies and gentlemen, over the you know intercom and loudspeaker, here's your host from tonight from uh-huh. Yom TV Raps, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. And we walked out and they went fucking bonkers. Wow. And that's when I knew our reach. So right. now you've learned your reach, you yeah. know, and it's nothing better than that. I mean, they weren't singing no song. I ain't had no song out. But sure. yeah. they know your shit. Like, yeah. that's you have been overseas that's, yet?
2: Not yet. That's coming up. Wait till you shit. go overseas. <laughs>
1: Wait till you go to Japan, and yeah. people that can't even say a whole sentence of, hello, Nick, how are you doing? Right. Will stand there and sing your shit word for word in English and not in Japanese. Yeah, I might cry. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to, bro. Yeah. You're absolutely uh-huh. going to. At this point in your career, uh uh-huh. You could work with probably anybody. We saw you on the BT cipher, you murdered.
2: Thank you, man.
1: Like, murdered the shit. Like, I <laughs> stood up in my living room and applauded you at the wow. TV. Because I was like, this is, this is like, hip-hop. Like, this is the pure essence of what it's supposed to be. Like, you're right. supposed to push the envelope. Absolutely. And I thank you for that. Thank like, you, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I thank yeah. you for staying true to the roots and to the creativity sure. of having something to say. Something to say. I once sat with Jay-Z and I said to Jay, "Um, you haven't put an album out, in like, in two years. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't put albums out until I got something to say. Wow! I don't rap just to rap. Yeah,
2: I feel like that. I feel like your experiences, you know, trigger great records. You know what I mean? I feel like Dear Ma- Dear Mama, the 2 record was like from real experiences. Mm-hmm. And even as a crack fiend, Mama, you always was be a black queen, Mama. That's like some real stuff. So you have to, you have to live that for it to come across and resonate in your music. So mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have something to say. What's your What's your
1: thought up. process? What do you, What do you think about, or uh, what were you thinking about going in and making this current project, The Return of the Cool? Um, It started with 88,
2: and 88 just, you know – was my introduction to the people. Um, Return of the Cool was like showing you I can make hit records and drawing a line in the sand and saying, you know, all this corny, all this wax stuff is over with, you know. And mm-hmm. we love it. But not it not even that it's over with because we need the catchy records. We need Oh absolutely. You know, we, we need, need to stand on records. the couch yeah. at three
1: o'clock in the morning with it, the bottle <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> We exactly. need
2: that. Yeah, we definitely need that. But it shouldn't overpower what, you know, what's going on out here in the music world. It shouldn't overpower that. So it was me saying, you know, this is the return of that. This is a return of great hit records and Not to being afraid to dance, and my mother once told me, like, your music is good, but it's so much cursing in it. Like so, (laughs) Even when you you listen to the Get Up record, you know, that record was like me feeling like I want something that I can play for my mother. Right. You know, and and my aunties can dance in the living room too too, and have fun too, so that's what this project was about. That's a
1: bold step for such a young man. Thank you, man. That's like really bold. Like, fuck it, this is what I'm trying, this is the kind of music that I want to make. What's the first song that you went into with this new project?
2: The first song I went into was a record called The Return of the Cools, title track for the project. So it started with the title track and everything, you know, all the the records that are on the project just spiral from there, but it was like an effortless project, for real.
1: I'm going to give you one Tribe Called Quest record that you could have been on. Wow. Right? We'll take Mm -hmm. it all the way back to when Tribe dropped the album. First of all, what's your favorite Tribe album? Checked around. All right, checked around your favorite song. My favorite
2: song, I'm sorry. Midnight Marauders might be
1: my favorite. Better than the low-end theory?
2: Man, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what right, day so you catch me so take
1: anything on. off of Midnight Marauders from Tribe. You could have spit on it. Which record would it be? Anything. Man, I don't know. But I love, you know which record that I really love and wish I could have rapped on? What? Hot Sex on the Platter. Okay. That was like, yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right, what did you feel about the new Tribe album? Did you hear it? Did oh, you listen man. to it? You Gr- rock with it?
2: Groundbreaking to be like, you know, they hadn't put an album out in how long? About 18 years? 20 years. Wow. 20 so years. So to, to come out and, and go number one is like, you know, a testament to if you stay true to who you really are. Right. You know, you can, you can. there's no limit. People going to always want that. And, you know, that just showed people that, you know, people still looking for great music. Right. You so, know, uh, so I, I you applaud know, them.
1: I can say this to you because I'm comfortable in my manhood. What? But well, you're a good looking dude. Thank you, man. I I've seen <laughs> I've seen the way women look at you when we're at the thing in, in New York City. Yeah. What's your status right now as um, far as relationships?
2: I'm single, man.
1: Single. Loving it? Yep. Loving it. How you handling this newfound? Oh my God, Nick Grant. Oh God. <laughs> I wanna have this baby. How you, how you how you how you handling that? Oh man, tunnel vision. Just you got the waves thing. and all that. You really you really taking it back to eighty eight, man. You got for the sure. waves, all you need is the hook part in the front and crack your tooth on a fucking can or some shit. And you straight back in Queensbridge. How are you how are you handle All this attention from the ladies, man.
2: Hey, wow. <laughs> nah, it's cool, man. It's fun, you know. Um, I just love it. I just how tall
1: are you, Nick? Six feet even. See, because see, that's saying something right now. Because I know <laughs> I've seen over the course and period of my time in this yeah. music business that women swoon over a certain guy, right. and then they see him in person, be like, damn. And he lit sure. him. <laughs> he took, oh my God! So they see you saw it there at yeah, six man. feet. You be like, uh, damn. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you cool with it then? Yeah, I love it, man. When I do know. you and Tiago get together and make some music? I would love to hear that, man. Um, I mean,
2: it's it's a time for everything, so I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I seen
2: him. Uh, was it the Was it the Gotti show? Yeah. You know, he see what I'm out here doing. So, that's, right. That's that's enough to like. If we ever if we never doing a record together, just just him seeing and acknowledging it is enough to keep me going.
1: Okay. If you could work with anybody. Past, present, future. Who you want to work with? Rapper or just period? Period.
2: Man. Um,
1: D'Angelo. Okay. Maxwell. Okay. Uh...
2: Stevie Wonder is like my all-time oh, favorite. Oh, isn't he? Isn't he yeah. like
1: them, the most amazing <laughs> dog? Man, Take Six. <laughs>
2: yeah. I love Take Six.
1: Yeah. That's uh, Brian McKnight brother. up. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. that's one of the Brian McKnight brothers exactly. in, is in exactly. Take Six. It was, exactly. was before Brian, actually. Wow, he was. Yeah. He, was he was. My he favorite, was. Spread Love, ba- yep. boom boom Oh, uh, my God. Uh, I used to put my name in there all the time. For real? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> love is what we need. That's how, I do that shit that's all dope. the time. I heard, I heard that, that you, you, know, you gave me eight bars. Uh-huh. And everybody told me that you ain't shy on the freestyle. Nah, never. Can I get
2: something? Oh man. Um, yeah, I got you. Uh let me think of something. Forever a queen, pure black, you're never so clean. When shit get hot, you help me watch for what these devils could bring. Responsible nightmares and having federal dreams and being grounded can bring you closer to heavenly things. I learned from you. I want you to teach you to love you. The missing piece to the puzzle, single-parent hustle. I felt stupid, thought Cupid's arrow's too dull to cut through. Sweet Sadie, you give me sugar, place none above you. That cocoa butter on skin took the G out of me. Wanna be with a king, Coretta must be your kin. Gotta be colorblind, you can't see your a gem. Before I break the family branch, I go out on a limb. I love your eyes, the way you stare. I love your heart, how you provide for whomever's there. I promise I got you, you never had a lot. I could I fault you for this? You like the closest thing to God, still we call you a bitch, black woman. Damn.
1: Now, if women are listening to this in their car, and they drive and listen to this podcast, they just pull over, take their drawers off, and put them in the glove compartment. I saw you, ladies. I saw you, ladies. I saw you. Yo, old heads such as myself, man. Yeah. Should we give your music a chance? Some of them just wrote hip-hop off. I've never written hip-hop off. Yeah. I've been damn near there.
2: Um, I, f- I feel like if you if you're looking for any hope, it's all in me. Right. You know, I feel like the moment I open my mouth, you already know what cloth I'm cut from. Right. You know, so I live by that. You know, I stand by that. You know, I wasn't the guy. I'm not the guy that say, yo. I was always in the streets doing this. I had jobs, man. I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that wasn't. So my you're not life. fabricating the street, no, right? Not at all. This is this is genuinely who I am. A million percent, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I live by that and I stand by that. That's, that's the way I was raised. My grandparents raised me. So, you know, I don't even know how to be any other way. So this is me. This is who I am. And I live by those principles that I was taught musically and in real life.
1: When you when you look back on your career and you just first started, did you always use Nick Grant? I did it. <laughs> so there was some names in there. Man, we are not even going to talk about Coon, that. Cool Flabby Daddy and all that. There exactly, was some of them yeah. Eddie D's in there like I was when I first started. And, and Sir Ed DeFerses and all that shit yeah. like that. What was, it, what was it the name? The first rap name you went by? Man, Nick Nitro. Nick Nitro. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, you dropped that shit. You was never making it with that shit. Nobody buying no record from Nick Nitro. Really? Were you a fucking wrestler or a rapper? What you going to do, daddy, Uh, when Nick Nitro comes for you? (sighs) (laughs) Oh, God. I feel you, though, bro, because we all been through it, man. We all been through. I've been through the Eddie D's. I've been through the, yeah, we all been through it, man. (laughs) Why why did you settle on, on Nick Grant?
2: Man, like I said, just going back to being who I am, just as a right. person. That's just me. You know, you can't forget that. You can't. You know, it's nothing funny about just being who you are. Right. You know, you can't change it. So. Yeah. Why not? You know? Yeah. Why not?
1: Absolutely. I remember when you know there's a lot of people that did that. Like you know, Red Man came out and he was Reggie Noble and yeah. Red Man. I was like, right. who the fuck is Reggie Noble? And I yeah. was like, that's who he is. Right. He is Reggie Noble. Absolutely. And then Keith Murray came out and he was just Keith Murray. Keith. Murray like that's yeah. his real name you know what I mean exactly yeah that's yeah, that, that's, that's a, what you make it you know so mm-hmm. you gotta stick why what, not stick to what do you hope your legacy you know, is at the end of the day
2: my legacy at the end of the day um I'd be a fool to say I didn't do this for the accolades and the money and, you know, for but for me, it's more so about the respect and keeping this thing alive. Because I feel like when we, you know, steer away from what, you know, what it really is, we lose grip of everything that the pioneers and our forefathers of this culture worked so hard for, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, So just just contribute into that alone. Um, But also being I feel like there's a there's a like, you know. The new guys—they'll never be erased. I mean, the old guys. I'm sorry, the Jay Z's, the Nas, the Three Thousand, Biggie's, Pogs—they're—they're always going to be who they are. But for like this next tier of generational rappers, I want to be mentioning that the, the J Coles, the Wale's, Kendrick Lamar's, um, Taha the Prince's, Big, right? Rhapsodies, all of these people. Oh, Rhapsody
1: is fucking dope. Nice, yo. nice. Oh my God, yes. she, she is the fucking truth. There's a reason yeah. she's the only feature. Right on that album, <laughs> absolutely. Right, there absolutely. is a reason. And fucking absolutely. with Knife Wonder, you know Knife ain't putting out it's no not, bullshit. Exactly, it's not coming out. Any None of other that way. mumble yeah. rap is coming out of <laughs> Knife Wonder's studio. It ain't. Go- Yo, it's absolutely amazing. Top five MCs, bro. Top five MCs. Uh, man, what's today? Thursday. <laughs> this is, <laughs> so and this, this airs on Monday, so you give me your top five MCs.
2: Alright, so this is how I'm feeling today. Tupac. Notorious B.I.G. That's
1: never gonna change. Uh Nas Jay-Z. Um. That's four? That's four? Yeah. Uh Tupac Biggie Nas Jay-Z. Tupac Biggie Nas Jay-Z. Foe, you better put yourself yeah, uh, in there. I can put myself? Yeah, well me. All right, there wondering. it is. Yeah. Shit, you supposed to be before <laughs> before everybody. Easy. Yeah, I normally
2: say uh, I I normally say 3000 but I switch out 3000 from Jada depends on how, how aggressive Jada kids? Yeah.
1: But <laughs> <that. laughs> X, you can't leave X out of that. X got yeah. the, the X yeah, got legendary. the f- the best fucking line sure. anybody's ever said. What's that? What? That <laughs> shit go with everything. <laughs> No matter, it can be gospel. It could be a Kurt Franklin stop, stomp, doo, 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 doo. Or What your mama say? What that shit go right there? X is the, you can, those X got to get some props, man. For First sure. dude to do number one, two number one, two number one albums in the, albums the, same, in the year? same year. That's crazy. Pop, that ain't hip hop. That's pop, bro. Yeah. Martin Luther King sure. days, like I was saying—the day that this thing is. Do you think the youth of today are out of touch with what Martin Luther King was all about? Um, absolutely. They are. They are. They They
2: already are in, out of touch with, you know, what they're attached to, which is hip hop. You know, we have to pay attention to the people that made it, you know, comfortable for us to live in these times. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you got to you got to respect that. You got to respect what came before you. Like I always say, there's no Michael Jordan without Dr. J. There's no Allen Iverson without Michael Jordan. But when you look at that, you got to just respect. Why what do you think that you. is? Why, do you know, think man. some
1: people are just trying to be <laughs> anti like they want to be I don't so know. cool with their own. Their own people, their own age group, that they just like gonna say fuck anything. Oh, oh, right. y'all, you know. I heard one, you know, one rapper who I, you know, was trying to find a modicum of respect for, say for sure. Biggie was overrated, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking That's- about? Like, that is, Crazy. like, the ultimate disrespect. Man, I th- and hopefully one day I'll have him sitting across from me and he can explain himself. But right. <laughs> You know, but, gee, I'm like, yeah, we don't respect that because Big and all of those guys like that, they respected, uh-huh. you know, they respected Rakim. For sure. And, and in turn, Rakim and Kane yeah. and Rakim and KRS-One, and they respected, you know, Buster respected everybody. They respected yeah. Mel and all that of them. With,
2: uh, what, what line was it in 88 when Kane ruled half-stepping? Like, he showed you different things Right, just respected what Kane before him, um, I don't know. I th- I just think this time in this in this day and age, social media makes it so everybody feels like they're the star. So they know everybody got a television yeah, every, show. Everybody they own television, television show. show. Absolutely. Is, Absolutely, that's like the worst thing to happen to hip hop for me.
1: And, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, for, the phone, period yes, for me. Everybody's yeah, addicted period, to their phone. Exactly. Look, I'm using my phone right now to record this yeah. um, <laughs> on on Instagram. Uh, Stephen Colbert on Monday, you performing? Steve, Stephen Colbert on Monday, yeah. So you I'm, performing? So, so I'm performing. What are you gonna perform?
2: Oh, man, just wait and see. It's going to be special. My Yo, KK. I think I think that's I think that's very dope, bro. <laughs> thank you, man. I
1: think and I thank you for for coming in and sitting nah, down and having a conversation man, with me, bro. Just thank you so
2: much for giving me the platform to just talk about my life and my ideas, man. That you know that's a blessing. I don't take it for granted.
1: A name y'all don't want to you don't want to mix it up with anybody else, and you want to get the return of the cool Nick Grant. You want to hear this young man? He definitely thank got you. something to say. He's he's gonna be one of the greats. He's one of the greats already, but thank he's you. definitely wow. That means a lot coming yeah. from you. No, you dope, yeah. bro. No. And I appreciate the music. All right, sure. y'all give thank it up for my man Nick Grant in the building with his head. It's Come On, Son, the podcast. I'm Ed Lover. Y'all know the rules. Y'all know the routine. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll Absolutely. talk at you with you, too, and about your ass the next time i highlight holler at you. Come on, Son. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm gone. <laughs> come on, Son, Son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.
0: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours